Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, sponsored by Tech Help Boston. We all have stories to tell, and that's what this show is all about. When we tell our stories, we pass along our experiences and our wisdom. And in the case of today's story, we are passing along a can-do attitude, determination, and courage, even in the face of multiple sclerosis. In the spotlight, a woman who believes in turning obstacles into hurdles, because when you do that, roadblocks become something you can jump right over. Welcome to the story of marathon runner and MS survivor, Dawn Shotland. Well, thank you for having me, Candy. I'm excited to be here. You were diagnosed with MS in 1999. Can you take me back to that day? What were your symptoms? I woke up that day and I was commuting into work. I was on the train. I had numbness in my right leg. Throughout the day, it got worse and worse. I got more and more uncomfortable. And I left work early. I went to my primary care physician and she did a few tests and poked around and said, I don't know, but you probably have multiple sclerosis. You need to go see a neurologist. What was your reaction to that? Disbelief. I really didn't know what multiple sclerosis was. I felt perfectly fine the day before. I was incredibly nervous. For listeners who don't understand the disease or its progression, can you explain what you know? There's two forms of multiple sclerosis. There's relapsing remitting MS, which is what I have, and it's primary progressive MS. With relapsing remitting, you get attacks like numbness that come on slowly and progress and then go away slowly and you feel normal again. For me, they did an MRI for my diagnosis, and they discovered lesions on my brain, which was very scary to find out. Wow. And the other kind of MS, what happens? Primary progressive, generally the first symptoms are more uh, related disability. Whereas relapsing remitting, you have an attack, and then it goes away, and you don't really have a disability associated with it. You can have an accumulation of disability over time, but generally in your first presentation or second or third presentations of it, there's no disability. Primary progressive tends to have some disability associated with it. Boy, it's amazing how much you have to know about something like this when you're going to live with it every single day, right? Right. What about drug regimens? I know there have been so many different drugs that have been introduced Mm -hmm. for MS patients. What drugs are you taking and how have you tolerated them? Yeah, so I'm currently on a drug that's fairly new. It's Orocrevus. It's an infusion. I get dosed once every six months, so twice a year. There are a lot of therapies right now. When I was diagnosed back in 1989, we only had the interferons, so they were all self-injectable. So you had to take a needle and inject yourself, which was pretty unpleasant. boy, yeah. Were you afraid to do that? Oh, I was scared, and I actually didn't go on therapy for the first few years because the thought of sticking a needle in myself, I just couldn't do. Why running? What do you get out of it? It empowers me. When I was diagnosed, I was told by the first doctor that I wouldn't be able to work out for more than 30 minutes at a time. I went home that day and I broke down for the first time because my body didn't feel like my own. It was doing things I didn't want it to do and I couldn't stop it. I couldn't reverse it and I couldn't change it. I felt very at a loss. I felt unempowered. I went out for a run, and I ran for more than 30 minutes. I wasn't in great shape at the time. I ran on and off. I just wanted to feel like I was in control of my body. You know, I had that power. So for me, running was just an empowering experience. You ran your first marathon six years after your diagnosis. And it's not like you just decided to run, you know, a short little race here. You ran one of the big famous ones, the Dublin Marathon. Mm -hmm. Take me back to that day, that big run. Mm -hmm. How did you feel? 
Oh, I felt amazing. You know, I actually ran that one for my college roommate, Tracy, who passed away from lymphoma. I did it as part of team and training of the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. It was a very emotional day for me. I was first scared and nervous because, you know, I'd never run a marathon before. And, of course, it rained, even though it's Dublin and you have to expect rain. I was kind of hoping it wouldn't happen, <laughs> but it did. You know, and then I had Tracy on my mind. I got through the race, and at some point when the sun came out, a rainbow came out, and I knew it was meant to be. I got a glimpse of that finish line. My first thought was like, oh, I could finally stop running. My second thought was, you know, I'm going to miss this. I want to do it again. Tell me a little bit about your roommate, Tracy. So we were roommates at Boston College, and she was diagnosed our junior year. I didn't know much about cancer at the time. I really just associated cancer with death. So it was really scary for me and incredibly scary for her. But she was someone who always smiled and always laughed. Just an amazing positive spirit. She was able to come back to school. She finished her degree. She was healthy for a while and she relapsed. She actually was a big part of why I started therapy for MS because I thought if she's going through all this chemo, I can stick a needle in my leg. What I have is nothing compared to what she's doing. Did she pass away? She passed away at age 29. You know, she was such a battler. I never thought she would die. I thought she would always win. A lot of lessons there. A lot of lessons. And I was just, you know, you go through all the emotions of grieving, but this can't happen to somebody else. It's not fair because at 29, you're just starting your life and hers ended. I was living in New York City at the time and I went to one of those bodegas. There was a little pamphlet for team and training, which is part of the Chemo Lymphoma Society. And it was for their endurance friends. So I picked it up and I was like, maybe this is something I can do. I wound up moving up to Boston for a job and left Wall Street to come work in the healthcare industry, part of also being motivated by her. I got here and I said, you know something, now's the time. You know, it sounds to me, Dawn, as if Tracy has been almost like a guardian angel for you. She's been in your life in so many ways. Yes. Since your own diagnosis, hasn't she? Oh, every day. I mean, um, the funny thing is, like, she was never a runner. So I'm sure she's cracking up in heaven thinking about me running around like crazy, <laughs> traveling the world and, you know, fighting every way I can to continue to run. But she is. Her legacy is living on through what I'm doing. And it's very powerful. You fell in love with running since 2005 when you ran that big marathon. And since then, how many marathons have you run? I run 15 in total. You're raising money now for MS. Mm -hmm. Give us the highlights, including your own Boston Marathon runs. What have been some of the great runs for you? How much money have you made, by the way? Oh, I think I've raised about between forty dollars and $50,000. Fantastic. Yeah. Let's talk about some of these big marathons. So I've completed the World Majors, which is probably my biggest accomplishment. I served on Tokyo, Berlin, London, Boston, New York, and Chicago. Got to travel some amazing places. I've met some of the best people in the world through running. Some of my closest friends I've met on these trips or in Boston training for the Boston Marathon. I mean, there's nothing better than being out training on Calm Ave and Newton on the hills in the middle of winter when it's like 10 degrees out. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like my worst nightmare, but then again, <laughs> it brings you great joy. Yes. How does. do you train for a marathon? How far out do you go? Tell me about it. I like to train on a 16-week schedule. I usually have some sort of base before that, maybe a five-mile base before that, but I like 16 weeks. Your condition changed in 2015, mm -hmm. a progression in your MS, which is called drop foot. Can you explain this? I was training for the Boston Marathon, and I was actually running for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. I wanted to return to that charity. I was running, and I get pretty far into my distances, past 10 miles, and my foot would start stubbing the ground and sometimes trip me up a little bit. 
It took a while to figure it out, but it was in something called drop foot, which is related to MS, or it's a neurological thing, MS or other neurological diseases that can cause it. But basically, my body temperature would heat up, my nerve would start functioning, so my foot couldn't flex. So obviously, out running, getting my body temperature up, I would have this problem. How did you get past that? And were you worried that you would never run again? Yeah, I was insanely worried I wouldn't run again. I tried a lot of different things. I spent a lot of time researching different treatment options. I spoke with multiple physical therapists, a few doctors. You know, I tried a lot of different things. I tried doing a walk-run to try to get my body temperature down. And that worked to get me a little further into the distance, but it wasn't permanent fix. And I started exploring different devices I could wear on my foot. And I went through three or four different braces before I finally settled on what's called an AFO. And it's a carbon fiber brace that goes in your sneaker and then wraps around your calf. And that keeps my foot stable so I can clear the ground. AFO stands for ankle foot orthosis. Mm. And you had to relearn to run. That's what it feels like. And I'm still going through that because it changes your stride a little bit when you're wearing something like that. So it was basically starting over. You know, I'm using a lot more energy trying to push through the brace. So I fatigue a little faster. So it was really like starting from square one again. I'm going to guess that your statement, turn obstacles into hurdles, came into play during that time in your life. Yeah, because it was very easy to say, you know, I'm not going to run anymore. But for me, I just didn't feel complete not running. And I just didn't want to give into it. It was so much joy from running. I love the way it makes me feel. I love the people I've met running, the places I've traveled. And I just wasn't ready to give in on it. Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted TechHelpBoston.com since the year 2000. Dave Almazian, president of TechHelpBoston, with the reasons why. It's really about forging a relationship and having a trusting relationship because your technology is very personal to you. It used to be in the old days that things were private. When you're online, nothing is private anymore. And we want to make sure that that information is kept confidential and with somebody that you trust and you feel comfortable with. You can trust TechHelpBoston to keep your computer and systems running right. Call 781-484-1265 or visit techhelpboston.com. That's techhelpboston.com. You have lots of mantras, and you suggest people have them too. And you say that they help you get past times when you might be tempted to give up. One of yours is, I can, I will, I could, I did. So I can, I will. I've actually stolen from the Dublin Marathon. They like to use that, and I love it. But I always feel like you should put it in the past when you've actually done it. Yeah, as in I could, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Positive mindset is easy to say. It is. But it's hard to do. It's really hard, and I struggle with it, you know, every day. I wake up and I think, oh, do I really want to go for a run today? But, you know, I remind myself, like, why am I doing this? Like, what's the end goal here? What am I striving towards? And it's like, I want to be able to run in an AFL. I want to get faster. I want to run further. And I want to run the Dublin Marathon. So getting focused on those goals helps me get through that. And also knowing that I've never had a workout I've regretted. They may not all be good workouts. But at the end, I usually feel better than when I started. Your inspiring blog slash website is inmyrunningshoes.com, <laughs> and you are an in-demand motivational speaker. What is your message to audiences? What do you say to people? What do you say to MS survivors? I say be active and get active, stay active. I really think a big part of why I've been so fortunate with MS is because I've been running and I've been active. 
You know, there used to be a time they said with MS, you know, physical activity wasn't good. Now they say it is. I think it helps you not only physically, but mentally. It just makes you feel empowered and it makes you feel good. There's really no reason why someone shouldn't be active. And I think a lot of people are afraid to take that first step, go for the first run, go to the gym for the first time. You know, we've all been in that situation. We've all had the first time. You know, I get past that fear and just do it because it is so worthwhile. Isn't fear the great stop sign? Mm Mm-hmm. Just getting past the fear part, right? Oh, yeah. Wendy Booker was our very first guest on the story behind her success. And I see you shaking your head. She has MS and she decided to climb mountains to show that dealing with the disease like MS is a choice. That it's not about what you can't do. It's about what you can do. And like Wendy, you are a role model for people who have a disease they have to live with every single day. Do you feel like a role model? I just feel like me and I'm just doing me. That's really it. I feel like I'm running really slowly right now and I don't feel like I look great out there. But I went through my, my local bagel shop the other day and this woman's like, I see you running all the time. You're so fast. I was like, really? <laughs> Beauty really, it's in the eyes of the beholder. And I'm just doing my thing and hopefully people see me doing it and it's motivating them to do their thing. What has been the biggest lesson for you in this journey with a degenerative disease like MS? Just don't let it define you. If you want to do something, go out and do it. I have plenty of days where most of my days where I feel healthy, I feel pretty normal. You know, I might have some numbness that you can't see that I have. Doesn't mean I can't do something. I think when I first was diagnosed, I felt like I was going to have all these limitations. You know, I couldn't do things. I couldn't run for more than 30 minutes. I couldn't go to the beach and spike up my body temperature. But I can do all of those things. My second doctor with MS had the best advice I ever got was from him. And he said, what you need to do is forget you have MS and live life. And that's what I've done. That's pretty powerful mm-hmm. stuff. 20 years have passed since that diagnosis, and you are now training to run the 2019 Dublin Marathon. Will this be an emotional run for you? It might be. What um, if there's another rainbow? That would be amazing. That means I'd, there'd have to be rain first, and I'm not too keen on the rain with <laughs> the marathon. Yeah, I think it'll be great. I have a couple of friends who have signed up to go over as well, and a few of them are running their first marathon. So some of my emotion might be like, gone because I'm trying to get them through the race. <laughs> I think it will be. Uh, I've always wanted to go back and run Dublin again because my first race, I was so nervous. I didn't know much about running a marathon. Now I know much more, but I just haven't gotten back to it. And this year is the perfect year. You know, I want to celebrate being diagnosed with MS for 20 years. You have this incredible positive attitude and you've got these mantras, you know, I can, I will, I could, I did. But I have to believe that there are times when you're not as positive as you are at this very moment, because you're a human being. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there have been times when you feel as if your body's betraying you and you get angry about that. How do you get past it? I keep trying. I definitely have times where I feel like the challenge maybe is too great. You know, the mountain is too high to climb. You know, it's taking a step back and knowing with running, even when I was healthier, not every run is better than the one before. Not every workout is better. Sometimes you get worse. Sometimes you have to take a step back. And I have to remind myself that more often now than I used to. Let's say that there is a young woman listening to this podcast. And she, like you, very young when she was diagnosed with MS, talk to her. What words of wisdom can you tell her? You know, the best advice I got, forget you have MS and live your life. At this moment and at this time in your life, as you prepare for the 2019 Dublin Marathon, it will be your 16th marathon. Mm -hmm. What does success mean to you, Dawn? You know, crossing the finish line, running. 
You know, I've had a couple of races as the drop foot was progressing. Then my last marathon was Boston. And when I crossed that finish line, it was walking because I just couldn't run anymore. It really stuck with me. It really gnawed at me. So I went across that finish line running and a huge smile on my face. I want to say thank you so much for being on our show today, Dawn Shotland, and your blog slash website is inmyrunningshoes.com. We'll be thinking about you, 2019 Dublin Marathon. Good luck. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, CandyOterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?